0: Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. you mentioned the one side which is the side of of the hospitals being hurt or the, or the oil supply lines or whatever the critical infrastructures are being hurt you spoken about companies that are being hurt i want to get back to this disinformation and misinformation piece of it, which is this other assault on our brains that has convinced you know, 53% of the Republican Party still that the election was won by the wrong guy, or that QAnon is a real thing, or that it's okay to go um, and try attempt a coup on January the 6th. I mean, this is the kind of stuff they've done through mind control. Now, some of that mind control is on, is on social media. Some of it is coming from these right-wing news networks like Fox News or OAN or Newsmax. But as a totality, it seems like a really massive uh, machine that is really hard to overcome. And it's not by accident that it's here. Someone must have built this on purpose. <laughs>
1: I can't speak to the purposeful nature of it, but I can certainly tell, there's two things that come to mind when I hear you say this. First of all, the the nausea in the pit of my stomach when I realized what was going on the 6th mm-hmm. of January. I was in quarantine in the UK about ready to start my Fulbright in, in cybersecurity there. I was there interviewing the incident responders from WannaCry. These are the people who wow. were keeping NHS hospitals running in the middle of this attack and, and what they had to do and just listening to their stories, their PTSD, kind of expressing uh thanks from you know, a grateful world for keeping these hospitals going mm. i'm getting ready to go and and start these interviews kind of full time and sitting in quarantine and listening to what's happening and realizing that this is all part of the same problem it's all part of a, a problem where we've created tools in the internet that we can plug directly into the human mind no no neural mesh is needed right. for this we've created these tools that can create a sense of reality and we're buying into that reality and that that is many edged as a weapon. And the second thing I think of is the, I I think of family members and friends and and people I know who I don't really know any longer who have been Mm -hmm. caught up in these kinds of Mm -hmm. lies. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to make fun and mock these kinds of beliefs, but there is a messianic quality to the QAnon conspiracy theory that is, it just makes it a nifty little side dish to so many other forms of really isolated beliefs and structures. I'm a preacher's kid. So I know a little bit about growing up, uh, thinking the world is 6,000 years old. Right. I'm a scientist now. Uh, so I'm not only better, but I'm also a person who it converted to Roman Catholicism in 2013. So I, I grab faith. I like for peace, for social action. One of the primary tenets of the Catholic Church is social justice. I'm here for it. And so I understand both this perspective of needing to question something and also needing to take things on faith. But there is an element to this QAnon conspiracy that mm-hmm. is somehow magically attractive and also resists the kind of debunking that other strange uh belief systems have not you know been able to resist i don't know why that is because it's always and rooted i'm afraid in truth. to look into it you know, all these
0: disinformation know? efforts all these things that have been made up that are these conspiracies yeah. there is always a curdle of truth to it there's always something that you can really prove and that only one person could let you know that it's real and then they they show it to you and then once you know that one thing is real you expect everything else to be just as real until you get drawn mm-hmm. into this rabbit hole there is a curdle of truth to that story and uh, it may be attributed to the wrong people it may be uh, mistold but it's certainly is provable. And Mm -hmm. that's the difficult part. Yeah.
1: I want to ask Noel, actually, I haven't had a chance to to talk with you, Noel, but (laughs) one of the things that I know, I'm loving this conversation, Noel, one of the things that I've seen, and I've seen it in tech with some of those, the guys that think that they run the world, I've seen it, this kind of messy inequality. I've seen that. I've seen people buy into a reality distortion field before in tech, in politics. I've seen what it feels like to fall under the spell of someone. And you've been around these kinds of personalities who can just look at you in the eye and tell you that a thing is true and you just never stop to question it. And that power, that charisma, that can be turned so so evilly i would love to know what your perspective on it is honestly yeah. if i can ask that question Please. i in what you're saying. You hit the nail on the head. Now, somebody like Trump did have a messianic
2: pull to a certain type of individual. There was always guys in New York that kind of looked up to him. Like, oh, that guy's the coolest. He's a billionaire. So he had the initial sort of like sugary flavor that would draw in these people, so to speak. If you spilt some syrup on the ground, a bunch of ants run into it. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Trump like magnetism to an unsophisticated populace was then married to the much more sophisticated russian cyber warfare kind of things that you just spoke about and something else is going on now i love what you just said tara because i've noticed it recently i'll give an example last week and this happens to me all the time but last week some girl that I knew 20 years ago, That I not some girl, a woman that I worked with when she was a kid 20 years ago, we had a job in Manhattan at like a publishing company. It was now a lawyer, it was a pretty normal person when I knew her had been weaponized into this whole kind of maga cult thing and had been mildly commenting on my facebook posts throughout the years and last week she just attacked a clip i put up of my podcast and it occurred to me like what would make this once mild-mannered person that i haven't spoken to in 20 years that i'm casually friends with on facebook but have never interacted with comment in a sort of aggressive, somewhat violent way on my post. That didn't happen before. 15, 20 years ago, somebody wouldn't be like, if they liked Bush and I liked Clinton, they wouldn't go out of their way to publicly go on the attack. But Mm. I find these Trump supporters and MAGA and QAnon, they're doing that. They're being weaponized. Mm. So There was something in this 40-something-year-old woman's psyche that was like, I'm going to publicly attack this guy that in the normal kind of tenets of society you wouldn't do you know what i mean you wouldn't reach out to a colleague of 20 years ago and say something embarrassing <laughs> and aggressive that would cause them to block you, you know, this is a new phenomenon that we're seeing and it's like you said zev it's the way that like this information works on the human brain because they think they're figuring it out for themselves so they read these articles and then they think oh you know, they've got these answers and then they proselytize about it to their fellows who are already partial to this kind of disinformation. And then it takes on a life of its own. They become advocates of misinformation and they don't even realize it. It becomes gospel and it's dangerous. And I see the aggression being pumped up. You know, so whatever, whoever's turning these screws, they're turning a lot tighter these days. Maybe that's because Trump's on the ropes. Maybe because Biden's going to go after Putin harder. Who knows? But I sense something in the ether that isn't right and it's much more aggressive. If that makes any sense. And it's, and it's, and it's fed every day by your Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, by this sort of performative bullying and hectoring that's just out there. It All of that noise amplifies this inner conflict in these people. And they feel like they're, they feel compelled to act upon it. And somebody like Trump is the perfect beast as a vessel of that sort of thing because he gets his own piece of that he's just about scamming money from them so he doesn't have an end game in terms of a political philosophy he just wants to steal as much money as he can while he's alive and try to stay out of jail
0: but the end goal is polarization, right? They're pulling us apart so that there's more and more conflict all the time. And as we pull apart from each other, we will cut connections with each other. We'll stop talking to people. We'll start believing things about people that are completely untrue just because you, you lump them in with so much else that you're being told. And you know, this polarization is going to snap. It's like the whole society is being pulled apart until it does snap. And We've seen it in so many ways. And it's not only, in, it's not only MAGA and... and liberals but it's also in black lives matter it's in it's in the in this voting count there's these fraudulent vote counts that they're doing these audits they're designed to ignite tension they're designed to create viciousness between these parties so we go at each other that's what they can want I, go ahead
1: can i also note that the cyber ninjas the cybersecurity yeah. yeah. auditors who are doing this Please don't judge the rest of my industry by whoever those people are. They are not qualified or capable cybersecurity specialists who are there to do what ec- real experts like Matt Blaze and other intelligent, brilliant people in my field are doing to work on election trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. And we all know that optical scan ballots with risk limiting audits are the gold standard for how to tell whether or not an election was run the right way. And he's got to, we, we we know Say this, that again. At this point. Say, and, Optical scan ballots with risk-limiting audits. Optical scan ballots. You fill it in yourself. You you do have it read optically so that you can get the automatic vote counts, but you also have that physical piece of paper or a a printout that lets you verify your ballot, right? That's the audit process you can go through later to sample and risk-limiting audits. goes through and picks up bits and pieces anywhere there might have been a question. You can sample any of those ballots and verify with the individual person later if required. So that's the gold standard for election trustworthiness. If that's been done, whatever these people did, did, some people should not be permitted to use the prefix cyber. And these are some of them. You should not be using a position of trust in cybersecurity to create more conflict and create fuzziness around the truth. You should not be using your position of trust to, to create harm and division and falsehood instead of supporting the actual truth. And I'm disappointed to see it. I really genuinely am.
0: Excellent yeah. point. Now that summer is almost here and COVID is almost gone, this may be a good time to get some things off your to do list, like maybe getting life insurance. You know, my mom is really good with finances and she's always telling me, What about life insurance? It's so important. And I can tell you that Policy Genius is a great place to get life insurance because you can compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? Well, you can save as much as 50% or more of life insurance by comparing those quotes, and you could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare those policies for you. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. This is how it works. Getting started is really easy. First, you head to policygenius.com, and in minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and scheduling for you. Policy Genius never sells your information to other companies, and that means you don't have to worry about your privacy, and they don't add extra fees. Policy Genius, head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. You know, people still think I think of, you know, they think of hackers as these guys with hoodies, sitting in dark rooms at night, that's not what's going on in the business, right? And maybe you are, mm-hmm. but I, but is oh, it, yeah. it's, it's these are massive state run enterprises. Now, these are not just a couple of guys hanging out in a basement mm-hmm. somewhere. This is a full on operation by these countries, whether it's North Korea or Russia or anybody else to take down something. When they're doing it themselves, mm-hmm. even when they're not assigning it to gangs or whatever, they're, they're, they've got big units and lots of money attached to it. Ooh,
1: they do. Well, two things. First of all, hacking is not a crime. It's a set of skills and I am one. Okay. Second, in the same kind of way that scientific papers around physics now have a thousand co authors, mm-hmm. a lot of the low hanging fruit in, in offensive cybersecurity has now been plucked, as it were. It it takes those resources, those gangs of people working together to create effective kill chains in cybersecurity, in, in information security so that you can break into networks because it's getting harder. That's good. That's really good. It's bad because our quality of enemy is increasing but it's good that we are pushing harder to make it more difficult for some random human being someplace who's a criminal a computer criminal not a hacker but a computer criminal to try to steal things from people so remember hacking is a mindset it's about seeing the world differently and it's about taking those sets of skills and and taking things apart putting them back together again, so you can understand the world and hopefully the next level is explaining it to people in a way that makes them understand what it is so the what's the distinction cool.
0: between good hacking and bad hacking then what would you call what would you call the bad crime all right
1: crime. literally crime is bad hacking <laughs> okay <laughs> literally bad. exactly it's why we differentiate between hacking and a computer criminal a yeah. computer criminal is someone who's using a computer to do bad things a hacker that's just the set of skills you can as a locksmith help people get into their cars or test locks
0: so let's talk about people's homes because I guess people feel like, I, I feel, but I guess it's my job, that I, there's, anybody could probably see everything all the time. Is that true? Can, can the NSA or any other company, country that has that kind of capability into our world if they want to at any given time? <laughs>
1: That's a complicated question. It's a complicated question because there are some cases in which you would want you would want governments to have the jurisdiction to be able to execute on search warrants, even in cyberspace. And it, uh-huh. it as as a little someone who tends towards that sort of very a little bit more of that libertarian mindset, it, it kills me to admit this, but there are times and places that you do need governments yeah. to be able to execute on warrants. That doesn't Absolutely. necessarily mean encryption backdoors, but there are times and places that's possible. And what we would want to do, you're, you're asking me the question, who's watching me through my webcam? Yes, basically. through whatever yeah. device. So, I
0: don't know what they could be watching through.
1: There's. A, it's a good question. The One of the great ways that you can find out what's available on the internet is, is an Internet of Things search engine called Shodan. You can take a look at people who've got unsecured nanny cams, home security cameras, all uh, store surveillance cameras just sitting out there on the internet unprotected. So I think the question is really less, can the NSA look at my computer and more can the creepy guy down the street right. look, look inside right. my house, right? And the answer is, if you're not securing your home devices, And if you've purchased devices from companies that haven't set good default minimum passwords and a user experience that leads you to change your passwords upon purchase, then it's entirely possible that some jackass is watching you through your cameras.
0: So that means what? Passwords, of course. It also means uh, Mm -hmm. uh, smart Wi-Fi, I guess, or uh, sophisticated (laughs) Wi-Fi encryption, probably. What else would would people be doing at home if if they're a little bit worried about their level of security?
1: Uh, Grade A number one, if you're worried about the kinds of devices that you're purchasing, you want to lobby for stronger standards in consumer labeling, which very fortunately was just included in Biden's new executive order on cybersecurity. Which you, the great example of this is the Mirai botnet in 2016. The Mirai botnet took down the Eastern Seaboard's power grid and internet for a period of time. And the reason it did that was that there were multiple arm devices arm processors that like the company arm that makes the processors and a, a miniature version of linux the operating system running inside multiple different webcams nanny cams surveillance cameras and those cameras were all still set to default password mm-hmm. settings um, so they were just taken over so then the shame there is that the companies that sold those those products never told their consumers that there was a default password on them and that they needed to change them If you have devices that are older than five years, older than three years at this point, because most companies started to take the lesson after that, check and make sure you don't have a default password on your IoT devices, like your home security cameras. If you do, change it to something strong, secure, and different than any of your other passwords. Mm. The, the, the platinum standard is make sure that every one of your passwords is different. That sounds like an agonizing exercise for anybody trying to remember a few passwords at a time, but just remember, you need to get a password manager. Mm-hmm. You can, use one, pa- you can w- use one password, LastPass, KeyPass, the Chrome password manager, the Safari password manager, somewhere on any of your devices, there's gonna be a trusted password manager, use it. You're way better off that way have different strong passwords for everything and then enable two-factor authentication.
0: Good advice. Mm. Good advice. Um, Absolutely. don't you want to jump in or?
2: No, I go just, in. I need to do all that. I'm yeah, just no, I think it's <laughs> <good laughs> myself, I need to yes, do
1: Yes, no, you need to do all those things. <laughs> things but like, me hollering about this doesn't do anything until you actually go chase what people Your keys to your kingdom, by the way, is email. If you do nothing else, if, you, if anyone listening to this does nothing else, just make sure your email is, has a strong different password than everything else. And that you have multi-factor authentication, hopefully app based, like on your phone, when you have to enter in a seed or scan a little QR code, do that and do it for your email. Because if somebody gets your email, that's game over. It's game over, man. Game over meaning (laughs) they can just,
0: they can get into everything else. Everything else is gone.
1: Yeah, they got Um, your bank accounts, they got your house, they got everything. So email first, everything else after that. uh,
0: In terms of like game over for some of these big companies that are getting hacked, I. I feel like people are working from home. They're using their home computers or whatever software they have at their homes. It strikes me as being a l- pretty vulnerable for a lot of these big corporations that are allowing hundreds, maybe thousands of people to, to log in every day from remote locations from a varying different amount of technology and different standards. How vulnerable? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Every corporation's endpoints just expanded to include Junior's Xbox. So right. it's, this is, it's crazy which has happened. Well, yeah. it's scary, but it's also a fascinating opportunity to see how people really were working, because it's not just that it was just at the beginning of the pandemic this happened. It's that a lot of people were doing it before that ever happened. And right. now it's come out into the open that that's what was going on. So it's really important to recognize people were always working from home. We just didn't have protocols surrounding what you needed to do beforehand. So the risk has increased, but so too has the awareness of the problem. And it's not a problem for people to work from home. There's a lot of really great secure ways to do it. However, your company wants to handle it through a VPN, through whatever kind of, of, of setup that your company wants to use, just make sure you're actually using those protocols. And yeah. try not to pipe anything through any of the crazy ass VPNs that somebody's kids might have around for downloading shows. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good, good advice again. So we've done some of home, we've done some of work. And now the most terrifying thing is like we keep here, I keep advocating, you know, for, t- for Biden to be tough on 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 Putin and to go out there and really show him what uh, what we've got and you know, going to throw Trump in jail. You know, you might get a reaction from those people when you go do those things. And if they have access to all our networks, they might be able to cause a lot of damage. So part of my understanding of why we were approaching Russia with such a soft diplomacy is because maybe they do have a hold on us. Maybe there is still a lot of catch up that we need to do from, um, that that it's uh, so the Sunwind hack or whatever it was. You know, maybe there's still stuff that we need to do to clean up that to to shore up our cyber security so we can be a little bit more tough around
1: the world. I, I love the fact my camera's shaky right now because my cat's standing on the desk oh. and shaking himself and sneezing. And you it just reminds cat. us. Cat. Of course, I have a cat. It's of a black course. cat. His name is Makes Frankie. He's awesome. His name is Frankie <laughs> Fangs. And it, and I love it because it brings us back to the ordinary. And mm. and it sounds so nation state to talk about Biden and Russia and everything like that. And why aren't we attacking? And we have to come. Back Back to the ordinary the truth is that most companies in the united states most companies around the world are months or even and this is going to be distressing for some of you to hear years behind their patching cycle when when something goes wrong with a software product when uh, a, a vulnerability is discovered later the maker will issue a patch for it right and there's a there's registries for this cbes that the, the uh, nist in the united states has a registry of them they're out there there's hundreds of thousands of them and that's just the floor of the known vulnerabilities out there a lot of companies haven't gone through and patched everything or they they're years out on their patching cycle. So the real thing we need to start doing is our push-ups and eating our broccoli. That's really where this comes to is um, talking about going after Russia and unloosing the cyber nukes and rolling over them with cyber takes that I have heard actual military people use those words before. <laughs> That's premature before we actually do things like make sure our civilian population is protected, that nice. our companies are patched and up-to-date, that we're requiring critical infrastructure prov- providers to actually abide by some of the standards that are out there. Biden took a great step just a couple of hours ago, as a matter of fact, requiring now that pipeline companies, whenever they're breached or have any attacks, must report to the federal government. That's an hmm. excellent first step. Wow, I
0: didn't realize that. Didn't but the thing, I yeah, thought that would happen just a couple
1: of hours ago. Yeah, yeah so. it's great. Yeah, yeah it's, so. um, it's making me rewrite this op-ed I got to do. <laughs> but the the important thing to remember here is that it's the civilians who get hurt in cases like this, and our primary focus needs to be not. Uh, it, yeah, there there's. There's a focus on Russia, I get it. But our primary focus needs to be asking a question. Why is it okay for our citizens to be served by companies with federal contracts that aren't abiding by the basic minimum principles that are the best information security standards? Absolutely. We should be asking companies to protect their our citizens, their customers by patching, by doing the hard work that's dull and boring. It's like highway maintenance. We already built the super exciting freeway, but you know what? We gotta fix potholes sometimes.
0: You gotta get it. And before we start
1: rolling up Exactly. You gotta, we got to start. We got to start fixing the potholes before we go crazy on the military convoys.
0: You're not avoiding the question. The answer is that it's not that we're not mm-hmm. very comfortable with us with our cybersecurity on in terms of infrastructure and in in terms of the federal government, mm-hmm. and that provoking provoking anyone could could get a reaction. Now they might not have very secure cybersecurity too. I don't know. I assume our capabilities in the United States are pretty phenomenal. I'm sure we could do things to them as well. But then you get into this sort of almost like a nuclear war and flavor and collapses and, and falls down. So we don't want that. You now to some extent, there's something in in cyber that's very helpful in that you can fight a war without actually killing people. I'm sorry.
1: Can me you? People at this point have in fact died of cyber attacks. A woman in Dusseldorf died last year after a hospital was ransomware and she couldn't receive treatment in time. Good point. So we, we are seeing people dying and was I, I said before I was a student pilot, one of the things we say in aviation is our regulations are written in blood. Cybersecurity is is starting to be Good the same point. way. And mm-hmm. so we're before we grow enthused about do, do not be so eager to deal out death and judgment says Gandalf, right? Let's make sure, and and believe me, we've got some serious capabilities. I know some of the people who have come out of the programs we have, Tailored Access Operations, the the kind of work that the NSA does, that, that Cyber Command does. These are skilled, brilliant human beings and they can do whatever the hell they want to on a computer. We have capabilities. It's just my mission is to care about the people who have to deal with the pothole every day Mm. so i could answer the question but i'm going to be honest with you i'm not sitting in cyber command right at the moment i can't tell you what an appropriate moment is to push that button but i can tell you that unexpected things will happen when we do
0: right tonight's show is brought to you by helix sleep and they have a special offer for narrative viewers I've heard it from so many people. The one thing that's changed since January is their sleep. Not waking up worrying about what the president might have done or said or tweeted makes the world of a difference. I don't think I had a good solid night's sleep in four years and wasn't only the president, my 10 year old mattress, which started life as a 12 inch foam mattress had shrunk to an eight inch mattress and getting out of bed was often more of a slide than a bounce. It was time for a new mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? Changing the course of a country can take a village, changing the course of your sleep takes a quiz. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash narrative. That's the way we spell narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V. That's helixsleep.com slash narrative for up to $200 off and two free pillows just for you. Oh, it's just chilling, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's chilling. Like, uh, wow. But it's also not that surprising. Are you surprised by some of it I sort of I, expecting?
2: I've told you that story before. My grandfather was an NSA analyst his whole career and we had a yeah. conversation once about that movie with Gene Hackman and Will Smith, you know, where they could in do the all state. this. Okay. And I just watched it and I was over his house the next day and I was like and he never talked about his career. He was NSA. He wasn't like I couldn't say anything. He never spoke to me about it in his entire life. And I said, I just saw this movie last night with Gene Hackman and blah 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 and they could zoom in and get it close up on somebody's face walking down Fifth Avenue or whatever. And he looked at me and he
0: goes, that's nothing. And I was like,
2: oh my God. <laughs>
0: like. I mean the capabilities must be incredible. Right. We've right. yeah, to right. the playbook. Right. So yeah. it must have it, but it's Boy, I still get so, I feel like because of the tension in the world and because we can't see cyber and we can't see disinformation, we don't realize what it's doing to us half the time. Half the time, it's impacting our lives in so many ways. but We just don't know. We just don't know that it is. And, uh, and sometimes I feel like the other side has got a, a better handle on the management of it uh, for some reason. I don't feel like uh, we've quite, you know we don't have as orchestrated a system as the Russians do or the Chinese and the Russians do. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Or maybe we're just, the nature of America is to not have a system that controls so much but it certainly seems like they're having a huger impact on us than we're having on them
1: don't mistake a willingness to do harm indiscriminately with being better at doing harm overall oh, good
0: point good point, good point. we've you got on the
1: capabilities again. yeah we've got the capabilities but don't mistake a willingness to go further and do more harm and do more evil with with a lack of capacity.
0: Which is clearly, just to circle back to Roman Savage, that kind of brutal attack that they did on this guy and pulling him off a plane, knowing that plane landed, knowing he was going to be killed, or at least they were gonna try kill him. They knew that, and he told the airline steward, he said, don't do this. They are going to kill me. They're going to kill me. And she said, we have to, you know, we have a legal agreement that we have to land. And he hands off his cell phone to his girlfriend, but then they take her as well. And so they're both separated now. He gets obviously beaten in jail. It's so indiscriminate and so brutal, and it's such a terrible thing to scramble a jet and have this whole operation with four, with four agents on board. For what? Because the guy published real photos of the damage you did to to protesters and the hurt you did to protesters. Like, this is not, it's so not symmetrical that it just drives you, there's just no value system there. And it's so worrying when you see what they can do on so many levels that they have no respect for human law, for for international law, and no respect for human life. So, you've got this combination, which is really, add add that into the cybersphere, and it's very.
1: Let me caution you on one thing. Mm. Watch the they. Mm. I, I have friends in Russia. I'm sure you oh, have friends in places that are yeah, problematic. About, yeah, uh, They anywhere, Belarus, any yeah. of these places. Be, but be careful about the they because it's exactly what Noel was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what Yusef were saying earlier about this polarization, about pulling people apart. Mm-hmm. As soon as we can create an us and a they, it's not only more emotionally comfortable in the same kind of emotionally comfortable way that people who love QAnon want, that seek that emotional comfort. In in that same kind of way, making it an us and them decreases the complexity, decreases Mm -hmm. the understanding of what's happening. It's it's SVR, there's elements in the Russian government, there's elements in the Belarusian government. There's bad people all over the world, but we cannot conflate all of those people with the people that they are oppressing as well. We just wanna be cautious about that one thing, I think, and it's because there's no hope if it's an us or them.
0: In right. fact, it's it's exactly the opposite they're they're representing what we may become they again said it again, but the, the people of belarus of belarus uh, belarus and and Russia they're being oppressed in a way that is is in a few years, given whatever might happen in 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 America. We're still not through our process here, whatever is going on we could face very difficult restrictions like the kind that they're having over there which is unthinkable right now and certainly i don't think it's going to happen like at the end of the day you don't think that's going to happen but it is all uh, this they're suffering in a way that we can't imagine uh and that's why it's so important in my mind that we are really tough on 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 specifically putin because i think he does have responsibility here for this and then we can prove that there's responsibility here for it i don't know if it's a good time for us to be having any sort of dialogue until he's at least freed roman because i when does it stop when do we stop uh, hijacking planes and, and pulling people off, play, off planes that aren't even in your territory. It becomes very difficult to, to imagine when we draw the line and if we don't draw the line, we'll end up in who knows where. Yeah, That's my little speech. I got to talk it's about something speech. happy. Thank you. But we should talk about something happy. <laughs> Tell me about where you got your cat from. It, did you get it from a breeder or is it a, a hand-me-down?
1: I got my cat <laughs> from a farm in Snoqualmie, Washington. Mm-hmm. And I, ch- I went out there and I wanted, I knew I wanted a black cat because mm-hmm. you know, sometime around eight or nine years ago, I just decided I was going to wear black every day for everything because you know, it's appropriate for everything. And I just don't have enough energy in my head for a whole lot of fashion stuff. So then similar, I. Very I, similar
0: at, wardrobe choices. So yeah, I hear you. the yeah, yeah, it's pretty good.
1: Uh, yeah. So I just knew I didn't want a cat that had a lot of uh, white fur. And so then I went out to this little barn and saw this little six six week old tiny little kitten and just, he the the owner set him down on the grass and he had the little tidy feet with the little black beans on them and he walked over the grass and then he crawled up into my hair and went oh, and, and I turned to the lady and I said. I think 175 is like a lot to pay for this this cat. He's he's okay. I'll give you 75 bucks. And she was like, "No, nah, I'm going to stick with 175." And I was like, "Here's my phone with my unlocked PayPal account. You may enter any number you wish." Um,
0: <laughs> and you did so, it.
1: Yeah, that's how he, you. That's how cat?
0: Three years. Three years old. He's seven. Oh, He's seven miles.
1: years old, wow. and his sister Whisper is seven years old as well. She's very sweet. Uh, her name is Princess Whisper Claw. She's uh, hanging out someplace else because she's scaredy cat. I mean, yeah, she's awesome. The, the both of them have been have been very good company, and my lovely husband and I have really enjoyed having them around. Although they've now been recently very freaked out because I just for the I, for the first time bought a motorcycle. So I've got oh, a wow. cruiser downstairs and it freaks them out when I
0: okay. start. You are an interesting <laughs> person, <laughs> Tara, and really good company as well. I got to say, you are welcome back here anytime. any time. You are really a fun, uh, fun, fun. conversation and, and so <laughs> smart and careful. And there is actually a, such an important difference between women talking about the stuff and men. I just feel like it's a different conversation. I just, men are not phrasing their conversations around values that you're describing. And I think you are. And uh, it's making a huge, it you know, changes the dialogue if you're talking about the, the people that are affected or the people affected by the potholes. That changes the whole dialogue. Men talk about blow, blowing things up and sending bombs in, not about fixing potholes. So I think that there's a, a, a really important distinction there. And when you say 11% is, only, is all we have in, in technology, I hope women who listen to the show and watch the show, and there are so many of them who are even interested in going technology. I hope they get inspired by what you've done and I uh, read your book and follow your footsteps into that world.
1: That's really to say, I, I am standing on the shoulders of a lot of giants at this point, And it's I'm here as a representative of a community, not by myself. And it's the achievements of all of us that get any of us to anywhere we're trying to be. Humanity, we got we got to get a little further down that down the field, and we're all just trying to kick the ball just a couple inches every day. So it's a pleasure to be here, and thank you so much for having me on the show, Noel. It was wonderful getting a chance to talk with you. Thank you so much for your honesty and humor It's really great. I love being here. Thank you. Well,
2: thank you Thanks so much, Tara. Cat.
1: Yeah, I'm a cat guy too. I wear black every day. My, my
2: cat's a, a tuxedo cat, my best friend in life, and I love what you said about they because it's the division that's tearing us apart. It's the division that's tearing at the fabric of our our world right now. And we have to come together and not let the bad actors continue to divide us. So I love the hope that you offer in that, and I'm gonna adopt that myself. So thank you.
0: Well said. What a great point to end the show with. So thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll be back on Friday. Well, I'll be back on Friday with the after show. And Tara, remind people they can find you at Tara on Twitter. Yeah. Where else can they find information about you? And, uh, and then what's the name of the book?
1: I'm my books on Amazon uh, at women in tech, and I'm on LinkedIn and that Facebook, that Instagram, wherever you want to wherever you want to find me. I look angry in my profile picture. <laughs> there, there you go. Now you can I don't know if you me. look angry
0: in your profile <laughs> picture. I don't think so. I would just use a different word, but I'd be getting trouble if I did. On that note,
1: <laughs> we'll go. leave everyone. a good me.
0: night, everybody. is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.